Hello, hello. Welcome to the Twentyology Podcast. My name is Tatiana. Wait, I fucked up already. Hold on. <laughs> I was overthinking. Wait, start again. I have, We're new wait, to this. I have some, okay, I, I have something to say after our intro. Okay, ready? Okay. So do, do you want me to start? Yeah, you just start. Just you okay. do. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Twentyology Podcast. I'm your host, Alicia. I'm your host, Tatiana. And Taddy has an announcement, apparently. Yes. Um, we posted our podcast on our stories literally like oh 10 God. minutes ago. <laughs> and, and we love seeing your comments. Like, I've been getting some positive feedback, which makes me like over the moon because my also, anxiety has been killing yeah. me. We just talked about social media in our last podcast episode. Which is so ironic. Um, exactly. So the anxiety of posting it and letting the world know that we exist. Okay, sorry. My dog is just <laughs> trying to get into. The, so he's just trying to get into the. He wants to say some things. Anyway, but yeah, we are officially known that we exist, and that was just really scary. Yeah. So we're quite hyped up and energetic right now because <laughs> of all of that adrenaline. Which we're talking about a serious <laughs> topic today, which doesn't doesn't, doesn't really match. I, I mean, yeah. it doesn't have to be. I think I treat serious discussions with humor. That's just how I cope. Yeah. No, us, yeah. Like, literally, when we say every time we say something traumatic, yeah. we say it with a smile. Yeah. That's the cycle. And we it's are. something that you don't smile to. It's like you don't. No, you don't, absolutely yeah. not. Anyway, tell everyone what we're talking about today. So, like, like in general, like everything or what we're no, talking about in this episode? In this episode, Alicia okay <laughs> i don't know why i even asked i just wanted to double check you know what happened to me the other day it was so embarrassing i went to this pizza store right to order pizza with my brother okay. and i told them like oh yeah it's for takeout and the guy looks at me as if i'm a fucking idiot and it's just like well it comes in a box either way and i'm just like right Thanks. just you know i'm gonna leave Thanks. right now <laughs> anyway today's episode we're talking about the male gaze and what i mean by that is basically the attention coming predominantly from the males um we're not talking about the female gaze or attention from females um just because i only have experience with getting attention from guys i'm straight so we're just talking from those experiences doesn't matter for me just everyone loves me I'm, I'm straight, but, you know, I get attention from everyone, so. <laughs> I'm kidding. Wait, I just what? want a disclaimer that I'm not this, like, self-indulged, okay? Yeah, Taddy just has a fat-ass ego, and, um, yeah. you know, she's a Leo, guys. No, just kidding. Taddy's not a Leo. No! <laughs> I'm a Pisces. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about the male gaze and just kind of, I guess, the whole topic of... Growing up as young female individuals in a world that's very male-oriented, especially for the straight guy, um, and just kind of how that affected the way I perceived myself, the world, how I looked at myself, um, and everything about that, and just our experiences in like individual situations. And yeah. I think the way I wanted to start out this topic was by asking a question. This is for you oh, no. and for me. And the first Wait, question is... I haven't is, heard this question. Okay. I know. I wanted to, like, do it spontaneously. Bombard me? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, when was... Or, like, how old were you when you first got catcalled or a man ever oh. showed interest in you? Like, how... When was oh, the yeah. first? How old were you? Um... I was uh, 11. I was, a, I think, is I think I was either 10 or 11. It was in Portugal. Um, and a man who's quite creepy uh, called me beautiful in Portuguese. And I, at the time, I didn't know what it meant. So I asked my mom and he's like, oh, he called you pretty. But he wasn't like in a cute, endearing way. Like, oh, like a sweet... Like, there's different dialects, right? Right, As maybe even for in Polish where you call, like, a little girl pretty and then you yeah. call a woman pretty. Yeah. And um, he didn't call me, like, as a cute little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom wasn't too happy. And then I think that same year, but this was in Canada, we were in a mall and this old creepy man kept staring at me. Oh. My mom being her, my mom, I think this comes from many moms, but mm-hmm. she went up to that man in this mall and yelled as loud as she could stop looking at my daughter she's 11 
you're disgusting and walked away and he's like i don't know what you're talking about woman and she's like you're disgusting and walked away i love so, her yeah that was the first time i also kind of started feeling uncomfortable i think yeah. with grown men that mm. were strangers i was the same age 11 mm. as you as well with my first experience where i thought that was like uncomfortable um yeah and i don't yeah i even remember like i think the age 11 for me was also when i started realizing of like okay i'm a girl and there's this like dynamic between a man and a female um but my first experience was actually a comment from a family member about the size of Mm. my breasts um oh whoa oh that's dramatic okay mine is not like that i was young so i don't remember the exact words but i just remember that um also this person isn't like related related to me but oh like a family they were in the family they're no longer in the family anymore but i remember them commenting something i also remember i was i remember exactly what i was wearing at that time and i even remember exactly where i was i was in the garden we were like sitting outside and you know my other family members were there and i was wearing quite a tight shirt that was too small for me because i was growing but it was a very it wasn't anything like i don't know also you're 11 so it doesn't matter what you're wearing a grown man is not it wasn't anything revealing though it was literally a t-shirt like nothing was showing but it was just tight on me because i was growing and um that was a time that i also started wearing bras padded bras as well Mm -hmm. and obviously it would you could kind of tell that you know there was something there wasn't flat chested right um but of course you know keep in mind i'm 11 um and i just remembered there was a comment from his part something about like oh there's like a lump there and then i remember a family Uh, member being to him like oh come on stop like just kind of like right it was he was saying it in a joking way but it definitely made me feel like oh i shouldn't have worn this t-shirt today and that was the first time it gives you a complex yeah Yeah. and it was the first time i think like i started noticing or being embarrassed and ashamed of showing too much or because i just like Mm. i didn't want to feel that uncomfortable again yeah and then there were just situations i remember where like yeah just stares from like older mm-hmm. men and i remember my mom one yeah. time would like tell me like don't look back otherwise it oh. can be an invitation for them yes, to come to that you that thing pisses me off i know that as much as it's 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 basically true and that they're saying it because they want to protect you it pisses me off that i like me responding to a stare like someone's staring at me right and you look back at them and it's like don't ever look at them you're inviting them to come talk to you it's like no i'm looking at them because they're looking at me yeah and obviously you don't understand that when you're young you don't ever think you're quite naive you don't know what that person can potentially do to you but obviously you're gonna stare back if you notice that person looking at you especially if they're kind of like I, I just remember it's hard this one, not to yeah it's hard not to and i just remember this one specific situation where there's this male and just his posture and the way he carried himself was just quite like um it bought attention to himself mm. um so i was looking and but at the same time he was like like fond not fondling himself but kind of like just i don't know as if he was like itching his fucking balls or something and i remember my mom being like don't look there that way like he's like fondling himself or something like don't look that that way and i'm just like okay like i just remember my mom even saying like and this was in different situations as well um like walking at night with her she would always be like you know never look at it like especially at night look at them um just keep your head down you don't want like quote-unquote invite them they don't you don't want to give them the wrong impression and obviously that kind of mentality carried on with me until I started questioning questioning it and being like, no, how is me smiling even to somebody, inviting them to come over and feel that they have the right to yeah, do what they exactly. want? Like, absolutely it's like not. I smile at everyone. Yeah, you know? I'm it's just, just a, a nice friendly, fucking human. Friendly gesture, you know, uh, I don't I haven't your instance made you kind of already think about your body in a sense i didn't have that but i just think like from a young age i already looked at myself as kind of sexual if that makes sense like because i was already exposed to 
sex and sexual images from a really young age too soon right that's just what happened and it already made me look at myself as something as I need to be like attractive or this is attractive this is the standard that I have to like live up to or this is how a woman should be how she dresses how she Hmm. acts um okay and it just obviously kind of subconsciously subconsciously stuck in my head like when you're a kid you're like a sponge to information you inhale so much and absorb so much and you don't really question it until when you're older you start looking at your life mistakes and start questioning okay why am I like this so that it kind of started for me when I was young I don't know when the first time I thought about like like the first time I, yeah I don't know when the first time I was like started to be aware of like my body but in that way yeah. I guess like um there was one instance in the third grade a girl had pulled down my shirt and showed all the boys that I wore a training bra oh wow but I didn't feel which that was rude okay <laughs> I was very upset about it <laughs> um but I I didn't feel like in a like oh my god like boobies like they like it and stuff like that. I was just embarrassed mm-hmm. in general. Like that's my <laughs> my damn bra right. and I'm eight right. But um, and I say I don't know. I was exposed uh, to those images. I think a little bit older than you. I was maybe in the sixth mm-hmm. grade when I first saw like what sex was. Um, but I never thought of myself. I guess in that way, like personally. Yeah. Because even I've gone through instances where I understand that maybe someone was looking at you in that way, but I never um, maybe, I guess, felt that tension of like, oh, they're thinking of me that way. I just assumed I was like, oh, they're a creep, like walk away. Do you know what I mean? I never was aware that I could be a sexual being until I was mm-hmm. older. However, I know I knew mentally that that person is looking at me that way, but I just completely blocked it out as you're a creep and then yeah. walk away. Um, I I mean I wasn't aware. I think of like my sexuality until later. Um, I was just exposed to explicit images by right a person that was five years older than me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, sh- that person I don't think should have, they definitely shouldn't have done that because it kind of like frightened me in a way because the images were so like, um, graphic. You're like, graphic, what is this? Especially when you're so small. Like I just, yeah. um, it kind of already gave me this intense, like, okay, this is how it's supposed to be. It's not something that's yeah. like consensual, yeah. gentle, mutual, right. um, and yeah I didn't like referring to what you were talking about about kind of knowing that all right men look at me as something as um how do I word this like arousing not not like attractive more like this lust sort of thing I think when I was mm, I want to say started getting more cat called when i was like 15 yeah i was a like on i the was streets. about to say like maybe grade eight like 14 15 yeah when i started when i was like 15 15 16 and that's when i remember encounters like even in toronto i remember us oh walking my god together i remember i think we're thinking about the same pe- person there was two incidents that still stick out to me when we were in toronto mm-hmm. one instance was this man he was like beat like he had scratches on his face he was beaten up and we were walking um towards the eaton center i don't know if you remember this yes I do. and you had like those um camo the pants army pants yeah and i had looked at him because of his face being beaten up and yeah. when i did that he turned to you and he was like those pants look really nice on you but in a very oh, creepy way it was much more graphic <laughs> yeah obviously obviously i'm being it in a nicer way but yeah it was very uncomfortable and you yeah, grabbed me was. and we walked faster but just my look which now when i think about it i is as bad as it sounds i'm like oh i shouldn't have even looked at that person Mm -hmm. but i wasn't looking at him other than because he got beaten up and i was looking at his face right and but he thought of that as like oh i can talk to them now right right um but i don't think you should like i think 
especially now there's a lot of victim blaming being like oh but she wore this or right she looked at him where and i actually was one of those people because Mm -hmm. i came from an environment where people thought that it was the victim's fault and they never looked at the abuser as the person that should take consequences for their actions and be you know persecuted for those things that all the wrong things they were doing so i kind of grew up with the notion with like oh you have to watch the way you dress because you don't want to get that unwanted attention well no Mm -hmm. now i think i'm thankful that i think twice and i question my way of thinking and my family's way of thinking and um i think also our generation is so good at making women feel more comfortable owning their sexuality and amplifying the fact that owning your sexuality does not mean that somebody has the right to touch you or or disregard your boundaries and stuff like that and i don't want to like like seem like i'm shaming like our older people in our family for teaching us these things just because i understand that it came out of a a place of fear in the sense of like don't wear that or don't say those things because this might happen and even though those are kind of toxic traits to think about. I understand it was also a based of fear of, you know, specifically our moms, how they grew up and their experiences. And we don't, oh, for sure. you, know, you know, and what their experience wearing certain things and just being like, I don't want this to happen for my daughter. And so, like you said now, which is really nice, you see it on social media of the um, sometimes they compare like women who respect themselves and it's a woman wearing maybe less and a woman wearing maybe more clothes that cover her. Right. But they both equally respect themselves. Yeah. And so we have that very that voice of being like just because of what you wear or what you say or what you where you go or, you know, what school you go to or whatever it is. Right. You. deserve the utmost respect when it comes to your body your mind everything you're human for sure yeah um one situation that strikes me though as well that happened to me was i mean there there were multiple but just going on the grounds of like um like the male gaze Mm -hmm. i remember when we were in cuba but we went out to the club um, to have some fun. We're in Cuba having the best time of our lives. And this gentleman was a little bit drunk. And I noticed that he got a little handsy with me. So I started right. trying to get away from his grip and just kind of subtly try to give him the idea that what you're doing is like not cool. I'm finding it uncomfortable. I don't want you to touch me there. Um, and I remember looking around kind of giving that face of like can you please help me face to people around me and I remember that you noticed what was going on and you were great and kind of blocked him from coming over again because you could tell that I think he was not in the state of soberness to allow him to comprehend what he was doing but um you helped to kind of you know get me away um and I remember looking around there was a dad and right. he was looking at me and he was looking at what was going on. But then as soon as we would catch eye contact, he would look away. And I think that right. was the moment where I realized that this is what my mom has been saying this whole time. Like, now I get it. Um, mm-hmm. Thankfully, this older couple um, took yeah. me to the side and, and, and said, listen, um, if he tries to do something then tell us like we got your back we see what he's doing it's not okay yeah and i think they got him out eventually um but it was nice that at least out of that whole room that noticed something was not right at least two people responded but i think that's what made me so petrified that the bystanders and i started thinking about like just the future situations where nobody kind of says anything and um that was kind of scary i mean i don't want to you know dramatize this nothing happened it wasn't dramatic but it was just kind of that but it's uncomfortable like your heart still pounding like what what like what if those two people didn't say anything right like uh, like me i was doing i was trying my best right but at the same time when i would look away then it was happening again, right? So it was like... Yeah, and it was also... I'm such a people pleaser, and for me, it's so difficult to say no because I never want to ruffle feathers. 
So right. I was trying to subtly take this person away, but it wasn't really working. Kind of talking about my whole mentality of victim blaming and how I used to be one of those people. Um, it kind of oh. stemmed from my home because when I told my mom about that situation, her first reaction was, well, maybe it was because of the dress you were wearing. Mm. And that one kind of hit hard because I was just like, ouch. Like I wasn't, by no means, me putting on that dress, was I inviting him to touch me? Doesn't matter if you were wearing less than what that dress was. That's yeah. not inviting. So that one kind of stang, but... um you know, I love my mom. At the end of the day, she <laughs> went up to this individual and scared the shit out of him. Because <laughs> we were on a resort. Um, oh, yeah. I was like, your mom to was his there? Friend. I was like, yeah, she took us. Whoops. <laughs> to his friend. She she thought that his friend was the guy who touched me. But it wasn't. Mm. But that was enough to scare them both. So, you know, <laughs> God love my mom for that. But, you know, that's just kind of... Also, my mom's mentality, and she's come a long way too now. I don't think she thinks that way anymore, but my mom had right. a kind of difficult time with the whole trusting males and stuff given to her childhood experience as well. I want to circle back to what I said before. I think I did realize when uh, my relationship with boys was kind of more in a sexual way, and that was because of how my mom treated me being friends with boys Ooh, that's a good in one. the sense of I wasn't allowed to go out with them I wasn't allowed one one thing I was told was never go out with a group of boys and be the only girl because that makes it look like you're like a homie hopper or something like that oh wow um even though it, we could all just be friends right yeah or um yeah I wasn't they weren't allowed at my birthday party for like until I was 16 and that was with parent supervision and mm -hmm. just I didn't understand I was just like but we're just friends like I don't have this feeling I guess and if I did it was very much looked down upon mm -hmm. until I was what was thought the age appropriate to have friends that are boys or boyfriends oh that's interesting because my experience was different because I grew up with boys um mm. growing up in England my next door neighbors my two best friends were boys and right. their friends were boys, and I was the only girl in the group. But, you know, right. keep in mind, I was like 8 to 11. I wasn't a teenager then, so you couldn't really right. call this little kid a, a homie hopper. Right. No, I had I had little, like, there was, at my sixth birthday party, there's pictures of boys there. Because there's just nothing like that. But, like, when I became maybe 12 or 13, that's when it cut, it cut off. Like, no. Yeah. Um... And then my first boyfriend happened. Ooh, let's talk about that. That that has to do a lot also with the way, you know, you perceive yourself. Like, that's part of growing up, your first boyfriend and the whole male gaze. How did you, like, view yourself in the relationship? Did you ha find, like, that you had this pressure of, I need to look pretty and attractive? Or um, were you insecure if he found you attractive? I don't know. Like, let's talk okay, about it. Okay, well, hold on. My first, like, relationship, can we? I kind of don't count it. It was in the eighth grade. <laughs> my first first relationship was when I was 17, which I count. But the eighth yeah. grade one is when I had my first kiss. And for me, that was very um, uncomfortable. Not because <laughs> of the person. And I definitely didn't feel like I was pressured into doing it. I did it at the end of the day because I was like, but I did it at the end of the day because I thought I was supposed to in the sense even though I don't think I was ready at that time and maybe you're thinking like 14 come on but for me that wasn't that wasn't my time I did it anyway because mm -hmm. I felt like oh you're supposed to be doing this which was weird for me and then in high school trying to guide like how am I supposed to act with the male presence when I don't feel ready for any of it right Do you know what I mean in yeah. the sense of like a relationship kind of way so, like, when I had my first boyfriend in high school, I was 17, um, and I wasn't an affectionate person. Do you think it was because, like, were you scared to show that affection, or? Um, yeah, so, like, PDA is not a thing for me. I don't know about you. Let's talk about that real quick. PDA, <laughs> no. I do not do... I don't do PDA just because I don't want like other people looking at me and also no, I think yeah. I have this um, limiting belief that that it's kind of looked down upon in the sense of like I'd, I'd look less respected as a woman. Right. 
if I if you saw that, if I was like kissing someone, whether they were my boyfriend or not, just in general, um, I just felt like I would be or hold, not holding hands so much, but being affectionate outside of your home. Uh, I didn't. I thought it would look bad on me. I don't know about you when you were in real relationship. Uh, no, I definitely felt like public affection. It was uncomfortable uncomfortable for me. But for me, any form of affection was uncomfortable for me. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, and I think that had to do with earlier experiences and just being exposed to that at a young age. And that kind of frightened me a little bit. And I felt ashamed. And that kind of carried on and I developed these limiting beliefs that I didn't even know I had until I was tested with my very first serious relationship in yeah. in like grade 10 so I was like 15 um and mm-hmm. that relationship taught me so much when it comes to that relationship sex um <laughs> you know attraction love like a lot and what I learned yeah. was that um well, I learned definitely like how a healthy relationship should be and what it shouldn't be. <laughs> right. Um, sorry. Let's just put it that it's not way. a laugh. It's not a laughable situation. It's just an uncomfortable laugh because there's just so uncomfortable. much to go into with this one. Um, and I just I think don't we're know also trying much. to navigate. Yeah, we're, just, yeah we're trying to navigate <laughs> how much to say. Yeah, you know, that's what, what not I'm trying to, to say. do right now. Um, but what can I talk? about that I let's talk about like my mentality so I was 15 years old and obviously as a 15 year old girl I was very insecure about the way I looked like I think when you're Mm -hmm. in those years the insecurity of the way you look you look and the um the want of being seen as attractive pretty beautiful is just so heightened because it feeds into like your self-esteem and I was really dependent on that self-esteem from others and I was insecure with the way I looked I was insecure about everything and the relationship where I was in um he would kind of give me these like backhanded compliments it was just like you know you're pretty but like you're too tall you know if only you were like shorter Mm. or you know, oh. or he would compare me to other girls, which completely, like, destroyed me. Uh, like, my self-esteem. Well, okay, right. that was a little bit dramatic. It didn't destroy As me. As no one should do. Yeah, it didn't destroy me, but it just um, definitely didn't help me with my self-love journey. <laughs> no. And the way I looked at myself. Especially at, like... When you're when you're in your teenage years, oh my gosh, especially as a girl, I know boys have their own things as well, but coming from a girl's perspective, it's like with social media, then now on top of someone you're supposed to, like someone's supposed to love you, telling you, like comparing you to other people, like I can't imagine. I kind of struggled for a long time with self-acceptance because I kind of developed this eating disorder when I was around 13. Because also, again, I felt like at the time, what was attractive for a female and attractive to the male gaze was this, like, thin human. So I developed an eating disorder. Yeah, I developed um, unhealthy habits with food, and I actually got out of it in grade 10. I was in a good place. Then I got into that relationship, and it was just kind of like... I, I was starting to get self-obsessed with the way I looked again. And, you know, before my fear was like, oh, I had to be skinnier. But then in grade 10, it kind of flipped and it was like, oh, well, I'm not curvy enough anymore. And it was like, that was interesting. Um, So it was just like a never-ending cycle of not knowing or not liking how I looked. Yeah. Right. It always switches. Yeah. It's like, oh, I should be this. And then then you're not but that anymore. What about you? Because I remember we went to the same high school, by the way. And I remember you were a hot spot for people objectifying you. I, that's I, There's no other way of putting it. How did you find that? It must have been uncomfortable because I can't imagine. <laughs> Objecting by me. I feel like that's a very extreme thing, but it's probably to the outside world. But I think we have to call it out for what it was. Yeah, um, I am a curvy. If you don't know who I, what I look like, I am a curvy <laughs> woman, um, and I have been since I probably started puberty. And I have a, I have a butt. Okay, I got a butt, guys. And um, it was a topic in our specific grade. Yeah, how I was probably one of the curviest girls in 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 the school, especially I 
had gone through puberty early, mm-hmm. so I was already kind of developed. And uh, it was a fun thing to slap Taddy's ass. Yeah. Um, not the guys. The guys, because there's, like, these... Uh, a barrier, I guess, of, like, a guy slapping yeah, your ass. Yeah, it's a little bit like, different. People would pop off, but um, girls would often <laughs> come up to me and slapped my ass. Um, there were some people that I didn't care that was, like, in our close friend group. Um, people in our close friend group, I was okay with it, but then there was people, like, I was just a classroom friend. Like, we were just classmates. I would never hang out with you outside of school or anything. And, uh, come in, give me a good old (laughs) slap. And I didn't, didn't know, at the time, I, I didn't really, I thought it was kind of just a thing. I was like, yeah, it's tatty, right? But now thinking about it, I was like, if that was now, like, if I went to school and people were doing that, I'd be like, um why like Like, it's just it wasn't what's the need yeah 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 and yeah i think there's this double standard because if the roles were reversed like if a guy were to do that yeah it it would be completely wrong what makes it okay for just you know a girl that you barely know to also do it like just because what you're somebody's curvy i don't think that's an invitation for them to just slap right your ass it's just yeah yeah no at the moment at the time i was i just thought it was like a thing like i just thought it was like tatty you know like that's tatty (laughs) but now if that ever happened i would say something because i don't whether you're a a male or a female i just don't want to be slapped like that of course of course right um yeah but that's that's what happened in our high school for me i was i was gonna talk about before um the eating thing with a boyfriend. Mine was the opposite. I never got negative comments towards my body from my boyfriend at the time. But for some reason, Alicia knows this, I could not eat in front of this person <laughs> whatsoever. It was like an ongoing thing between me and Alicia. And it was because of what I thought men wanted, yeah. was this, which I clearly was not, was this thin stick supermodel Victoria's Secret girl, and I, there was no, there was no way I was going to be her, okay? That's not, right. that's, my bone structure is not going to do that, and I would not eat because my thought process was, was oh, he sees me eating, that mean, then he's going to be like, oh, no wonder she look, looks that way. Because she's she's eating that in front of me. And it could be the healthiest thing. It could literally be carrot sticks. <laughs> and I would still think, okay, he'd be like, oh, no wonder she looks like that. Even though this person is my boyfriend. So they're probably attracted to me, right? Well, definitely. It, that, <laughs> right. No, not probably. They were. And it's still, I still could not eat. And I remember it made me feel really sad. And we, I ate in front of him for the first time at school. And Alicia said a comment. You were like, oh, you ate in front of him. Like, good job. And good. That was a nice comment. But in my mind, I was like, I'm getting praised for eating in front of my boyfriend. Like, I felt so bad yeah. in that moment. I was like, there's something wrong with your thinking right now. Right. I And this is the crazy part. It's like, I feel like every girl has gone through this phase where she does shit like that. But and until later, she realized me like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I <laughs> definitely was insecure eating in front of guys as well. Or like, yeah. I just like remember trying to like um, lower my personality down a bit because I thought that's what men yes, would find attractive. Stupid. Maybe not like there's more this thing stupid. I noticed. Oh, well, no, there's this thing I do. At least I so <laughs> I've had two boy. I had two boyfriends in high school and my first boyfriend took me on a sushi day and I pretended like I didn't know how to use the chopsticks. Why? <laughs> I don't know. And then I did the exact same thing in my relationship. <laughs> and it's like, who am I trying to make feel better? Yeah. Like him? You know what I mean? Am I trying to make him feel like he's the bigger, the smarter, the more experienced person? Right. Like, what What am I doing right now? Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. But I just remember being like, I can't fully give out my personality just yet because they might find that unattractive. And it's like, when I look back mm. at 50-year-old Alicia, I'm just like, honey, no. You're perfectly you were fine funny. the way you are. You were great. Thank you. And it's just like, own it. Own your personality. And if somebody has something negative mm. to say about that, jog on. Like, just, you know, there's 
don't try to make yourself but to be someone else att- be who you are and you'll attract like-minded mm-hmm. people um but at the time yes. it was just a lot of insecurity now when i think about the male gaze i don't know if it affects me as much but i have my own insecurities but what really affected me was we talked about tinder before was tinder yeah in the sense of um asking for pictures or Mm -hmm. you know oh that ass or like commenting on my the photos you do post yeah or the explicit comments people say like oh when are you gonna come and ride me and things like that i'm like is this is this what males think we want to be told i don't know (laughs) because personally personally for me i don't want the first thing to come out of your mouth is like so when when are we getting in bed yeah i'll be like um excuse me take me out to dinner first you know what i mean like what right yeah i know what you mean this is why i couldn't do tinder and i uh, like um not redownloaded deleted the app um right because i just felt like things were happening so abrupt and i'm just i don't mm-hmm. rock that way and i feel like with me given that my first experience with sex was kind of negative I need to right. take things slow just for the sake of sanity and my anxiety. Like, I just feel like it's sex for me is just the most anxious thing ever sometimes. And it takes, I think, for me, it will take a special person that I feel comfortable with to just kind of be like, hell yeah, I love this. Um, so, which, hold on. I actually want to, I want to ask you a question really quickly. I want to say my experience after after you, but because of that negative experience, how did you um navigate those first sexual relationships that were with positive people Mm. um i think when they didn't get upset at me when i told them that i wasn't down to go to like third base Mm -hmm. and when they were just like i'm fine with that i was just like what you are not mad (laughs) you're not trying to force me to or like change my mind and I was just like, right. you know what? Screw this. <laughs> well, no, just kidding. But like, it just made me feel like, okay, they actually like, they're not expecting this of me. Um, but it was definitely hard. Right. Like, my first encounter was when I was in fifteen. That, yeah, when I was fifteen, and yeah. um, I felt pressured. I didn't feel like it was entirely consensual, and I didn't really realize that until I was a lot older. Um, and then I think when you kind of get out from a toxic relationship, it yeah. imprints this blueprint, I think, for the rest of how you view relationships. Like, you have this these walls built up being like, okay, everybody is kind of out there to get me, and um, mm-hmm. you avoid similar situations. So that's what right. I was doing, and I, I wasn't talking to guys or going out on dates for, like, two years. Right. I think after therapy and after some healing and time i started attracting really cool people and Mm. i was attracted to them cute boys and i was attracted to them and conversations were great and you know when things would get a little steamy um (laughs) (laughs) it was like in the beginning, before even it would, I would get this anxiety being like, oh, I have to let them know that, like, I don't, I'm, I can't go all the way because right. I, it's just, I'm not ready. So, mm-hmm. and I didn't want them to get upset at me. So I'd be like, oh, but by the way, like, you know, I'm, I can't do this all the way. And when they would respond back to me being like, hey, it's cool. Like, I wasn't even thinking of that. <laughs> like, yeah. it's okay. I was just like, wait, you're not upset at me? They're just like, of course not. And what that species for me are like, you? I'm in love with you. <laughs> just kidding. But um, <laughs> that's what just made me comfortable. And it kind of makes you forget about those negative experience, I think. But right. yeah. what about I, you? I was going to say mine because mine was also negative. It was not a happy moment. And so when I got into a relationship where that was presented to me, mm-hmm. um intense anxiety attacks people intense anxiety attacks but i also didn't let that person know do you know what i mean yeah i didn't uh maybe say what my experience was i wasn't expressing like oh like when it gets to this point like i i get really anxious and i had this um 
mindset of this is expected of me because I'm your girlfriend instead of, you know, let's just see how things go. Even though I'm your girlfriend, I still am a human being, right? So have uh, my own experiences and how this is going to play out. So when I got into another relationship, I was more vocal. I didn't tell them my past experiences, but I said, oh, this is what I don't want and this is what I do want. So that was more positive. Yeah. And so I still, I think I'm still navigating that because with each yeah. person that I either meet or have a connection with that is a guy that I'm attracted to, I feel that I get more vocal in the sense of, hey, mm-hmm. I don't like this or hey, yeah, I do. Or, you know, um, I get more confident in that aspect. But I don't think that I'm fully, um, how does it say, healed and ready to conquer the world in that sense. And and that's yeah, okay. And I think it when you're in that moment, you can't just expect yourself to be able to like hook up with anybody. I think it takes mm-hmm. a person that has um invested time and energy into you and you invest the time and energy into them so that you feel like comfortable of showing that yes. vulnerable side of yourself mm-hmm. um with me it was quite the opposite because like after my <laughs> little break <laughs> it was but like it was a it's a quick see and go okay it was yeah but it was like unlike any of that previous experience i had well yeah when i was 15 i didn't have much of a voice i felt like i couldn't because that person mm-hmm. was my boyfriend and i yeah. felt like um i couldn't really say no um mm-hmm. and when I got older I obviously was more knowledgeable on what like consent is and how a man should respect you and um right I was I had more two feet to stand on and I also this is the beauty of it like as I got older I had these like really big insecure stages from the ages of like 14 to 16 I would say but then like after I turned 17 I felt like that was the stage where I was in this healing moment and that I owned my sexuality and was just like you know what? I'm not ashamed anymore right. and sex isn't something to be embarrassed about it's natural and I shouldn't kind of hide from it and if I have the desire to see somebody and spend time with them then I rightfully should as long as it's consensual and fine and um Mm -hmm. it was just like a shift so I think that's also what made that experience so great and was able to and it allowed me to kind of connect with somebody on that level do you ever I have a quick question yeah I was just thinking my thing was like which I would I would love to have a boy on here to talk about this as well that would be awesome from yeah, just because uh, because of my negative experience, I didn't want to tell them my negative experience right. because I thought it would deem me unattractive. Ooh. Do you ever think, did you ever feel that way too or think about it? Like, I don't, I also want to, you know, hear a guy's perspective of if you heard this and a person yeah. had gone through this. Right. Do you deem them unattractive? Or I would feel like they were m- maybe more scared mm-hmm. about a of me in that kind of way of like oh I don't want to you know hurt her or anything like that I see what you mean um you know what I I definitely like I liked what you said how you mentioned you never told that person about what happened to you Mm -hmm. which is why you get anxious when situations like that arise and obviously when I started kind of seeing guys and um, I was more drawn to this one particular person and I saw myself have like a more lasting relationship with them. I had these thoughts Mm -hmm. of like, you know, because obviously we're flirting and he couldn't understand why I was so shy in that aspect. And it's like I wanted to tell him because I wanted him to understand that it's it's like it's not him and it's not necessarily me either it's like I want to do this and um however I have these limiting beliefs that prohibit me from being fully comfortable because it's like these voices in the back I guess or just these flashbacks that just kind of give you this little mini anxiety attack in the moment you're right Um, yeah but 
I, yeah, I could relate to what you said, how I didn't think they would find me less attractive. If anything, I just wouldn't want them to look at me as a victim. Ah, yes. Pity. I didn't want pity. I didn't want pity because that's not what it's about. I just wanted yeah. to be understood. Being yeah. Like, just give me yeah. some time. Give me a shot. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> give me a shot. You know, but I also feel like it, when it comes to stuff like that, you don't have to tell everybody. I think it takes a no, special type of person. Only- yeah 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 definitely and yeah so as i get older i'm more confident in these things and i'm less ashamed i think Woohoo! i also when we talk about the male gaze or relationships with males because that's who our relationships are with so we can only talk about this but um romance and romanticizing things mm-hmm. i feel like there is a lack of romance <laughs> and romanticizing things. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe I'm just looking at the wrong guys, okay? But I feel like the boys in our generation they are, suck um, at romance. Less ro- just kidding. Yeah, they really they really do. No, seriously. I, mean, <laughs> I just wanted to be no, nicer. really. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna be nice. And you know what? I can get in trouble, but that's fine. I feel like there's a lack of romance. I feel like there's a lack of spontaneity. Is that the word? Spontaneity. We we I know what so. you I mean. I hope so. We know what you mean. Yeah. Um. What What's your opinions on that? Um. You know, I think as a whole, perhaps compa- in comparison to like older generations, like I'm always mm-hmm. jealous of those old school type of love. I want that. I want my man to yes. bring me like books, being like. let's read our favorite author together let's read our favorite poems together like i love that cringy you know just cheesy type of love like give it to me i i want that um and of course we don't have that anymore people don't read books people don't read poems to each other people don't write love letters to each other we have now we've got you know memes we've got instagram um (laughs) send you memes i can send you some memes (laughs) (laughs) and i think the romance perhaps it's not gone it's just different now and expectations are different but it also it's very i think Mm. individual like i don't think you know i don't want to demonize men and boys i love boys i love men sorry but i love men i'm not a pedophile (laughs) i don't want this to be used against me oh my gosh (laughs) pedophile we have a pedophile (laughs) and um i think it's just entirely individual like up to the person whether they're romantic or not like if the guy is romantic he will find a way to be a romantic if he's not he just won't be yeah regardless of what age we're in but as a whole i do feel like probably yeah the romance is kind of gone like yeah you know people i think just don't try anymore as as hard or um, I want to meet someone in a grocery store. I want to. I want to meet someone in a grocery store, or like in a cafe, or like a bookstore. I don't want to <laughs> listen. I love going to clubs. I think it's. It's. I think it's so fun. I love meeting people, meeting people at the club. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want that to be my romance. I don't want no, that to be my it. love Same life. With, like, Do you know what I mean? Media. Like I don't. I don't want my husband to like slide into my dms like that's the story that i'm gonna tell my kids like absolutely not (laughs) no imagine oh my god no i don't want that either wait can we take a pee break yes i need to like stand up because my ass is hurting (laughs) okay yeah okay we're back from our pee break (laughs) but um yeah i just i miss the old school type of romance love like johnny depp wyona Ryder, like just you know, like tattoos of oh, each other. <laughs> oh no, Johnny Depp. Alicia is obsessed with Johnny Depp. This man is brought up every so two seconds in our conversations. Scenarios accumulated of me and this man just living a beautiful oh my God. fairy tale together. Like he's playing on his guitar. I'm like listening to him play. Oh he's my goodness. like painting. Dude. I'm drawing. Hold on. What's the most, like, romantic thing that's happened to you? Because I know mine, which is kind of, it's still, like, somehow technological, this boy that I was talking <laughs> okay, to. Okay, you say yours, I have to think about mine. Okay, this boy that I was talking to one time, he sent me videos of him. 
playing the guitar. Oh. And I would listen to it, and I thought it was so cute because I also I don't we me and Alicia have talked about this. We romanticize in our head, <laughs> and um, I romanticize me actually being there, obviously, and playing it in person. But he would send me like goodnight videos, and he was playing the guitar, and I thought that was very romantic was, and cute even though so it, it, cute. even though it's over the phone and which it's annoyed adorable. me it was <laughs> it's it's the modern day you know yeah. the modern day romance i love that that is so cute uh with me i'm just thinking I'm, i've realized that i like take the bare minimum as a compliment which is something i need to <laughs> change sorry uh, <laughs> but the most romantic thing i think there was this one. Maybe there was another situation, but this one has just stuck in my head. Um, I was on this, like, outside bar and this with my friend just having drinks, having a good time. And mm-hmm. this individual, um, this gentleman with his friend comes mm-hmm. up and joins our table. And just sparking up a conversation, you know, we're having chemistry, we're vibing um and we're just talking some more eventually we're by ourselves at the the little table and this guy who's selling roses is like walking around and like trying to sell them and he buys me a rose Stop. and gives it to me Stop. yeah <laughs> that's cute no that that's was cute. cute that was really sweet or like just um or like you know giving me his jacket if i'm cold like situations like that mm-hmm. just like little cute, yeah. little cute things but the rose one is like an, a situation that like stuck with me like i thought that was like really sweet because nobody that's not, has bought me it's a rose not before. E- yeah it's also not expected at a club you know club culture yeah. and stuff like yeah. that so that was that's very romantic it was it was really sweet it was just like so like innocent and like i just i love that it was really nice i hope he's doing well i think he has a girlfriend now actually <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well no reason he's romantic yeah. it's probably it's probably why but yeah. you know thanks for the experience sir exactly but i want to talk about the bare minimum real quick before mm-hmm. we end this podcast oh, because sure. we this can even be for guys okay i don't know about their perspective but as women we accept the bare minimum when i hear they're like oh he posted me oh he said good morning oh he said good night <laughs> oh he um listen to me when i said my feelings yeah. or things like that i'm like are you serious mm-hmm. and listen i could be a hypocrite because there's sometimes where i i say those things and i'm like are, are you kidding me tatiana yeah that's the bare minimum that's the bare minimum of how someone should treat you yeah you can just say like even if they say what like thank you when you do something nice that's a bare minimum like i say that to my waiter you know what i mean yeah um yeah it's nothing above and beyond and i definitely think that we're settling for less and um i'm curious to also hear the the guys on this like do they feel yeah. like sometimes they accept the bare minimum from women or you know anybody um not just women of, of course like um from their partner right and and yeah but i definitely found myself doing that and i think it's because when you're in love with somebody you put them on a pedestal so everything mm-hmm. they do in your eyes is just like, oh, my God, amazing, beautiful, like above and beyond. Um, right. And you don't really see so much the red flags. So to you, they're like this perfect individual. But then for others, right. it's a lot more And then more when easier. you look back on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then when you look back on it, you're like, are you seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Exactly. But, Which, yeah. you know... I was listening to a podcast with a, it was like a group of guys and girls and they're all like friends and they were talking about like um, one of the girls were like, you know, like it's romantic for a boy to open the door for you or something. Oh, Not is. because I can't. I can open the door for myself. Yeah. But it's cute. And one of the guys was like, isn't it awkward for me to like go around and open the door for no. you? And he, she was like, no. She was like, no, not at all. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was so funny. It it or is quite funny, yeah. I want to have guys' perspective on this. I'm going to ask you this. I asked my mom this, which is so funny. Oh, okay. It was from the same podcast. It's like, what's the difference between, oh, I'm watching a movie, you should come over, or I'm watching a movie, come over? Oh, I like the come over part. See? And all the guys were like, oh, that's the same thing. And the girls were like, no. The first one is you <laughs> asking me, like, oh. The the first one is like, oh, you can come over if you want. And then the second one is like, no, I'm doing this. I want you to come over. Yes, it's like they want me to be there, you know? It's not like, oh, you can yes. come over. It's like, come over. Like, I need you. I want you. I want to see you. That's like 
Oh my god, that's like exactly. so attractive. That's like gave right? me butterflies. <laughs> so it's really it's really cool to like see the different um how we talk still is still, you know, different how they like perceive it and how the, we perceive it. Yeah. Right? It is quite funny. I mean, yeah, there's definitely like, you know, it, it definitely gets lost in translation, I think, between, you know, when you're talking to your partner, like things just are bound to be lost in translation. It's like you, we see so right. many memes of like, you know, when a girl says this, but then the guy takes it this way and it's just miscommunication yeah. and stuff. So I definitely would love to have a male perspective on the podcast and just kind of like get a little pick at it, uh, his brain. We should have our guy friends on this thing. For sure. That would be so sick. They would be like our first guests on here, but that would be really cool. But I think what? Is but, there anything yeah. else anyway. we could add to this? We talked a little bit about everything growing up, being a girl, high school, uh, first relationships, and then just kind of the sweet ending, which is now. I feel like now I'm the most comfortable I've ever been when it comes to sex, my sexuality, um, my confidence. And it's like I feel empowered rather than mm-hmm. like ashamed and something that I have to hide oh no 100 percent. me too especially club as bad as this club culture kind of helped me with that honestly. me too going out to bars too. And, and getting hit on and talking to guys yeah and, and just having fun with it it right. made me feel less like this was um such a taboo subject right. and it was kind of just more fun yeah for sure and i i definitely feel the same way and it's like i know that before i was insecure i was too scared to go up to a guy and was just like hey like i think you're really cool like let's do something about it like let's talk um until <laughs> like I was, hey yeah until i was older and more comfortable with like flirting and my sexuality and and with guys and um which i think guys think more is more attractive for I've sure heard our guy friends say when a girl like makes the first move they're like damn she's confident and you feel so empowered may i add like because 99 percent of the time the dude won't put you down unless he has a girlfriend you know yeah Yeah, i'm glad that as i'm getting older i'm understanding more and i'm more comfortable and um, i have more two feet to stand on and if something's not right i am not afraid to like say something like i'm not afraid to stand up being like yay you know what i don't like Mm -hmm. where this is going like stop it's not like this awkward thing where i feel like i don't have a voice um right and if people feel like I'm a bitch sometimes because of it because there's also these double standards where like if a woman puts her foot down she's looked at as a bitch but if a man does it he's looked as a boss and somebody that's respectable I'm at this point in my life where I don't care I'm not here to cater somebody's um perception or or make them feel comfortable I'm looking out for myself I'm asking myself if I like that person I'm asking myself if I feel comfortable Rather than vice versa, right. being whether that person finds me attractive or whether that person likes me. So I'm happy where I'm at. And that is learn from a lot of BS, okay? Uh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. But what about you? Where are you at right now? Um, I'm confident in myself, I feel like. Like I said, it was club culture. Um, I love the aspect of getting ready, making myself feel good, yeah. having drinks with people, flirting with boys and everything like that. Um yeah I just don't I think when it comes to relationships like I said in the last podcast I don't want that right now I just Mm -hmm. I just want to have fun meet people yeah and and grow my confidence in in lots of different aspects in my life at the moment and in boys and relationships and you know sex is one of them yeah so yeah I feel like we're ever growing I always love that I I always love that we're ever growing exactly all right. Well, I think that kind of sums it up when it comes to the male gaze, sexuality, and just being a woman, a girl, growing up in the 21st century. I thought, I think we, we wrapped it up pretty well. And yeah. yeah, I'm curious about the whole guy situation. Like, I would love to get a yeah. guy on the podcast and be like, tell me what it's like growing up Definitely. a boy in the 21st century. Like, you know, with the whole toxic yeah. male masculinity and everything. Like, tell yes. me about it. So, yeah, that's an idea for a future episode. Yeah. Which, oh, hold on before I say something. Which which I love about the one episode that I was watching with Sean Mendes because you know, you know <laughs> that's that I, I am going to marry him. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to marry him one day. This for her. Um, one thing that they brought up in his the podcast he was on was 
males are you know taught to be these sexual beings when they're older and you know you should be like this and this and this and we're taught to be the opposite and so when we come together you have this push and pull of like we're we're not meeting the same we're not meeting the same we're not looking at things the same way and so that causes friction in relationships and people wonder you know like why isn't it working it was like because we're taught the opposite things Mm -hmm. yet in heterosexual relationships we're supposed to come together and how is that supposed to happen right no, I can definitely relate so, to that. Even like in past relationships, like I think that's definitely a factor yeah. also to how you're just brought up and how society kind of labels you. Okay, women are supposed to be like kind of limited about sex. Otherwise, they're going to yeah. be seen as a slut or a hoe. But males, on the other right. hand, have to be this like sex god because if he's not, mm. then he's look as, looked as weak or God forbid gay. Um, I'm glad that yeah, we're moving exactly. past that. And we're looking at sexuality more as a spectrum rather than this black and white thing. Um, but, yeah. Which I think we have to give a lot of credit to our generation. That's something that I'm proud of us for doing. Woot woot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. 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 Okay, well, have a good day have or good night day. or whatever, whenever you're listening this to this. Yeah. And we will talk to you soon. See ya. Bye.